0: We'll okay.
1: the summer school of these fucking teenagers the show that uh that subjects gossip girl glee and for the summer skins uh, to a level of uh scrutiny it probably deserves i'm ryan sheila coming to you from cambridge massachusetts and with me at al- as always is matt rather
2: um um uh um hey that was uh, pretty articulate um, <laughs> come on that was like i had like one I was wondering if you probably. had it written on a card in front of you
1: I, I actually have a teleprompter for this. Um, you know, so we actually script. This is, this is actually a scripted program. Those of you who may not know, I mean, we managed to keep um, a loose conversational feel, but this is intensely, uh, intensely scripted. That's what I've been told that you know, with academic presentations, an advisor once told me that it should feel off the cuff, but should be uh, intensely rehearsed. Right. And so it should be a, re- a, a a rehearsed casualness. And that's what this is. This is a I mean, you, you don't have an idea. The, there's approximately 80 of hours of research and writing and editing uh, per week just goes into scripting this um, to, well, you know,
2: several research assistantships and postdoctoral <laughs> fellowships. That's
1: right. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, we we if, know, the, the center, the, the center the for, our, for
2: Foundation.
1: the center for fucking teenage studies. Um, <laughs>
2: It's an interdisciplinary center.
1: It's actually right, and so it's 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 located between the two of us. So it's it's like right it's in Topeka, actually. You have to, you have to...
2: Is residence that, in Topeka um, uh, is at for Wash U. is it uh, Wash U in St. Louis. It's
1: so. Washington. I mean, right. That's the uh, what is it? Is it the population center of the U.S. or maybe the population center is somewhere else? It's some kind of center of the U.S. is in St. Louis. Um, that makes sense. It would go well. It's actually a um, adjunct department of the Center for New Institutional Social Sciences, which is also housed at uh, <laughs> at, Washington, <laughs> at Washington University. Um, so that's perfect. So you know. So uh, this is why you know we are always keeping our eyes out for for new talent in the study of of fucking teenagers. Uh, so uh, in order to submit your application, um, you know keep keep sending in your reading responses, keep sending in your the voicemails, um, and and the way that you do that, uh, the voicemails go to our phone number at twenty fat jog o one. That's two zero three two eight five six four zero one. Good job. Uh, and yeah, I know. That one that one I did type out. I have to do it every time. I don't know why. It's um I actually got a tattoo of it. It's like memento. Um, <laughs> Um, and uh, the email you can email us at tfdpodcast at uh, overthinkingit.com. dot com, um, and you know submit. Uh, you know, uh, we should remind you of what's on the syllabus uh, that weekly uh, reading responses are required, um, and they are graded only on a, a check plus check check minus system. Um, <laughs> but, they, but they are not optional. Um, and so there's some people who you have are to, you sliding. have to complete of
2: the of the ten episodes. You have to complete seven reading responses. Please. Right. Seriously.
1: Right, and so we've been—we've been—it's uh, that time of the semester, guys, where you've—you've you've used up all your free passes, and it's that sprint to the end. Yep. Uh, and so some of our regular listeners, we've been missing you. Uh, you know, we, the, we had a few—we had a few listeners who were who were in it uh, every week with the, the reading responses. Uh, we know that August is the time of vacation, uh, the time of other things. But uh, you know, if you really want to pass this course, you're going to have to um, and get full credit. You're going to have to to jump back on the horse. Uh, but luckily, we've had a number of listeners who have been um, filling in the Slack. We're actually going to go to the voicemail first. Um, we haven't played voicemails for a while. These are both a bit old, uh, but we'll we'll try to contextualize them in the right time and place. So, D- from- DJ Matt, DJ Matt, hit me with the hit me, hit me with that funky voicemail.
2: All right.
0: Hello, this is Carl from Hawaii, and I just wanted to say I just found your podcast this week because you guys have been talking about skins, and that's my favorite show.
1: And um loving the podcast so far, and I'm going to start listening to all your uh, past episodes. Um, also, I wanted to mention um, that it's kind of sucks that uh, for uh, the U.S., we're not going to get the,
2: the fourth season of skins, at least not until um, next year or so. All right, bye. So I was checking this out, dude. Online.
1: That shit does suck. That shit does fucking suck. <laughs> I'll
2: tell I was you looking that. Looking online, and uh, Netflix has series three of Skins as DVDs, though not available for streaming uh, yet. So if you, you know, if you want to party like it's uh, nineteen ninety nine, I don't know when was it, when was the DVD introduced? It had been introduced by by uh, the time I was in college, right? So uh, that's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, I remember that we once, we once. Pulled together in my freshman or sophomore year of college, must have been my sophomore year, uh, we pulled together to buy somebody a DVD player, right? And so it was still early, right? It was a time where a DVD player was like a very nice uh, birthday gift that several people collaborated on um, together. And I mean, I guess maybe it was because we were cheap ass college students as well. Um, but I think they, it was definitely early in the life cycle of the, of the DVD.
2: Of the digital versatile disc.
1: And it, it truly is—it truly is versatile. So you're saying that DVDs are are so so 1999.
2: <laughs> yes, something like that. Um, but uh, so, what is it, Car or Carl? Uh, maybe it was Car from Car. Car- Ka.
1: <laughs> my turn. A... My turn to mock the listeners, to, to mock and abuse our our, our the, the small scraps of attention that people pay us. I'm
2: glad, uh, I'm glad we're playing playing these, though. I mean, we're we're just so I've, well. I'll I'll speak for myself. I'm just so self centered that I start talking uh, in the episode, and and there's no room really to read uh, emails or play voicemails or well, anything
1: like you that. Know, like I said, the you know, the research assistants propose several um, several different options of the script, and and it goes through it. A rigorous, a rigorous process of editing and cutting, and so the, <laughs> these voicemails of, of peer review, <laughs> exactly. Um, which is which is interesting because to, have, to be peer reviewed, you have to have peers, and I truly, <laughs> truly, we, we are without, we are without peer. <laughs> um,
2: so uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we're getting to these. These these date from from before the summer. Uh, Ka or uh, Carl, Carl or I'll say or, Carl. I yeah, think uh, Carl. <laughs> Um, traditional Hawaiian name, Carl.
1: Hot, hot Carl.
2: <laughs> hot Carl, brother. You got to get on the waffles. Uh, yeah, you know, man. Waffle I'm, it up, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> and just be
1: be a good waffler, because you get spanked if you're not a good waffler.
2: Absolutely. You got to uh, you got to seed back, brother. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Professor Dave. Yeah. That's what she said.
0: Uh... <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Dave from Toronto. I'm. Well, I was about to say that I'm a professor, but really, who isn't these days? I wanted to comment on episode 20 and express my amusement and delight that Professor Sheely's Skype connection is vastly better now that he's overseas, which seems to suggest that internet connectivity is taken a lot more seriously uh, in Kenya than it was in Cambridge, if I'm remembering his location correctly. But speaking of casual implicit racism, uh, I wanted to urge you rather to keep that up. I'm sure you'll get comments that you're making people uncomfortable, but really, a lot of comedy lives on that border with discomfort, Um, so that's a good place to be. You can't say, you know, take my wife, please, and then add, uh, but that would be a terrible thing to do in real life. Please don't actually take my wife. You know, that ruins the whole thing. But I was listening to your discussion and thinking, oh, you know, ho-ho, Pride Rock, what a silly view of Africa, and it did beg the question of what Africa is actually like. What? What? I'm kidding, of course. I just wanted to see if I could make Riley's head explode. I mean, of course, that it raises the question.
1: Oh, like. sick burn, uh, man. Sick linguistic burn. I don't burn. Actually have
0: any idea of what Kenya is really like. Uh, so I'd love to hear more from Sheely about life on the Kenyan street or even just life in the Kenyan karaoke scene. So I suppose my vote is for summer school punctuated with uh, reports from your foreign correspondent. So I really enjoy the podcast, despite the fact that I've only ever seen a few episodes of one of the two shows involved. Uh, keep up the great work, thanks,
2: Professor Dave from Toronto. Hey, thanks wow. for coming in. I know, right? I mean, what a what a wonderful A plus A or check plus. <laughs> I know,
1: I know, we, we I know we don't grade these, but um, uh, you not know, speaking yeah, check
2: plus plus even.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I would uh, I'll go ahead and say that Professor Dave is the the. Uh, you know, the the Michael Jordan of articulateness. Um <laughs> you know compared to my mugsy bows of of articulateness, I have to fight for every single scrap of, of lucid that comes out of my mouth or of speech um, and, and Professor Dave spoke in paragraphs And they were wonderful, calm, composed paragraphs um, And so I really just, even, even beyond the content Just, you know, I do, do you narrate books on tape Or, you know, um, you know, maybe do GPS coordinates or something, anything Because it is really, it, w- it was a wonderful to hear your voice, Professor Dave
2: If we ever record an intro, Professor Dave We are going to uh, ask you to do it for us that would be pretty cool. Um so just to to answer some of the questions this was from, um like I said this was from the beginning of the summer when we hadn't really settled on on skins yet as the show that we that we were going to do and I'm sorry it's taken this long but there you have it.
1: Um yeah, well I think that when we when I was in in Kenya that was really uh just getting all three all, either two of us, both of us or all three of us with uh, with Jordan, with Professor Jordan, um, on the phone um, was itself such a feat that we didn't want to like, uh, and we didn't want to like lose the connection or um, you know we were dealing with eight or eight to eleven hour time differences. Um, so we we just wanted to get it get it on there. Um, I'm I'd be curious uh, if if the sound quality has gone down or not. Probably what it is is actually that the connectivity is probably. About the same, or maybe a little worse. But the fact that it is like a little worse and a little more marginal made me try harder. It made me stop being a uh, a, a a slacker douchebag with respect to my sound quality. Because if I did my usual tricks of you know eating and you know rubbing the microphone across my beard stubble, um, it, 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 then we, we would have no chance at all. So uh, it, it made me it made me become the uh, the better man. <laughs> Um and about the Pride Rock thing the interesting thing about and certainly there's uh you know Kenya's fascinating um part of why I ended up in Kenya both sort of for personal reasons and for research reasons is the tremendous amount of Uh, climatic and sort of geographical variation, or it's kind of the variation in landscape and microclimates within the country, right? And so, um, you know, just as an instance, when I got back uh, in August, everybody, like the first question everybody asked me was, was it hot? Was it hot in Africa? Um, And interestingly enough... um,
2: Really? Because all I did was ask you, did you bless the rains over and over and over?
1: You know, the the funny thing is that 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 is more accurate. That is a less... um, You know, because uh, the area where I work... uh, Nanyuki, uh, which is the capital of the Laikipia,
2: uh, Laikipia. The Laikipia region. Of, yes. yes,
1: exactly. Or it's now county. Kenya has a new constitution. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, and And... <laughs> For those of you who haven't been keeping up with Kenyan news, uh, and we're planning on reading it—you know, reading it all—in uh, a couple of years, uh, Kenya has a new constitution. I know uh, 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 that one's a cliffhanger, um, so it's now the capital of Lakeyia County,
2: which is. I like you know, their I like their early <laughs> constitutions, but their more recent work is so commercial.
1: Yeah, I really I really liked the colonial the colonial constitution. I mean, that shit was like they kept, that kept it real. But now it's like become so democratic and shit. It's like really it's <laughs> <just> sold out. <laughs> you know, it, it's like there's like a functioning separation of powers. It's, it's just really I mean, I if I want if I want divided government and federalism, I go to the United States, right? Um <laughs> uh yeah. Um, but no, no, all joking aside. So yeah, the area where I work is, um, is two things. One, it's at high elevation. So, um, as a matter, it's right at the, in the foothills, Nanyuki's in the foothills of Mount Kenya. Um, and so... Is, it's right on the equator, so there's not a lot of seasonal variation, uh, but the summer is the cold season um, for whatever reason, probably air currents. And then it's at, it's at elevation, so we're talking you know, down to low 60s, high 50s at night. Um, and, so, and in fact, it's also a semi-arid region. Um, it is, it's hilly and semi-arid. So in fact, the rains are blessed. Um, it, is not, uh, it is dry, relatively cool. Um, and 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 people bless the rains in one way or another. Um, it is not hot um, but uh, the interesting thing about the topography in in Lykepia is um, because it is between a a sort of um, desert region uh, and a more savanna region uh, that is the typical uh, safari postcard that you would see and mount kenya foothills is actually the topography looks a tremendous amount like um, what was animated in the lion king and there actually are geographical um, geological features that look not unlike pride rock um, and uh mm-hmm. And and when I complete a survey, I am dangled off of it by my research assistant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's yeah, racist. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's racist. Um, thank you, Buana, uh, D- Professor Dave from uh, from <laughs> Buana T- Dave, Buana <laughs> Dave. <laughs> uh, that's that, Yeah. So uh, wow. So it's right up the A two there from Nairobi, huh? <laughs> wow, yes yeah, somebody can use uh the the Google, Google
1: Maps. Maps. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean no Google Maps for Kenya is uh is fantastic. Um yeah, so it's it's a pretty good. The roads have gotten better. Um so it's a pretty sta- straight shot. It takes about an hour to get out of Nairobi with with gridlock and then about 2 um uh, two hours up the uh, A2, which is a tarmac um, in part, and it's good roads in part because it goes through um, the central highlands, which is the homeland of um President Kabaki's ethnic group, the Kikuyu ethnic group um, so. There you go. I think, Dave, I think we've hit our quota of talking about Kenya, especially because I'm not
2: even there. Um, but, anyway, you know... Anymore, but we, but better, better late than never. On the
1: right, but we'll, we'll start our sister podcast, These Fucking Maasai.
2: Um, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> these fucking teenagers. Well, no, you're not. You're a child and then you're a man, right? You, you right know,
1: exactly. There, there isn't uh, uh, recognized, right, these fucking people who may or may not have foreskins <laughs> and or clitorises. Um,
2: <laughs> these, these fucking cow blood drinking cattle pastoral lists
1: just on this topic um i don't know if i've ever told you about this i did early early on on my in my time of field work um i was killing some time um i was i and um the, i think i had finished my interviews for the day and there's a group of warriors around right so the there is like a teenage phase right so after um young men are circumcised Um, You know, they're circumcised uh, around the age of between 12 and 14, so they basically roll the bris and the bar mitzvah into one event, Um, and (laughs) – And so the, the – then your life kind of goes through uh, phases, through almost classes, and you go through these stages of life with a cohort called an age set. And so the youngest age set, the first age set of circumcised men, are, no, are known as the warriors um, for, uh, you know, uh, for obvious reasons, um, namely that they ride around the subways of New York City trying to get back to Coney Island. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I was interviewing. So I, there was a group of warriors in this village, and we just started talking about, you know, at the time I was researching traditional institutions, and um, so I was asking them about institutions, you know, that are important to their lives, and they and they start cracking up, and they start talking about a, something called a sack, uh, and they're they're very excited about a sack, and I, and my my translator is cracking up. I'm like, so what is a sack? Uh, he's like, it's uh, stealing sex. Um, and, and and the process of stealing sex is when you sneak into a woman's house uh at night um and have sex with her while she's in her house and then sneak out.
2: Uh. <laughs> um this has- take take my wife, please. Take my virginity, please take my consent, please. Uh- Hey, uh, well, it's, it's it's a little more, yeah, uh,
1: exactly. Take take my patriarchal society. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. seriously.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, take my yeah, take my retrograde idea of women's uh, place in the society. Um, but. Speaking of retrograde ideas of uh,
1: women's place in our society, feedback from a woman listener.
2: Absolutely. The culinary world. Uh, Ashley writes in, Dear Matt and Ryan, uh, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, ever since I heard you on another podcast, Gleeful. Well, guesting on that show is the best thing we ever did for our yeah, listenership. Right? <laughs> we, should, uh, we should go back on and return the favor and have them on. Not that we could do anything for them, really, because I think they're much bigger than we are. Um, but, uh, like
1: it's so weird. they get to swear, right? It's, it's this kind of, that's what they get is they get to, you know, they keep their, uh, show PG, PG 13, um, and, and spoiler free. So they can just right. use it as exactly. like,
2: they can, they can come voice. on to the hard R spoiler, <laughs> uh, uh, these fucking teenagers podcast. Anyway, she says, uh, I found your commentary on Glee and Gossip Girl to be a lot edgier and thoughtful than most podcasts I've ever heard. Well, thank you, Ashley. She continues. Uh, um I uh I enjoy your your oh she says I am a simple culinary student working at a summer camp. Uh however, I thoroughly enjoy your commentary on now all three shows that you discuss. As a woman, I do feel a bit misrepresented and misinterpreted by your male perspective. On the other hand, as a girl struggling to find her place in a dominantly testosterone-bloated career such as culinary, uh, I have dealt with far worse than uh, you can imagine. Anyway, she goes, on to, she goes on to recommend the television show, the British television show, Being Human. Uh, she said after watching Olive Skin, she was looking for something else to watch. She decided to look at more British TV. Uh, Being Human, which happens to take place in Bristol. Um, it's about a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost all sharing a house together while trying to regain or keep their humanity. Uh, It's not on Netflix, but it can be obtained on the waffles. Um, And uh, it features none other than our dear sketch from Skins, uh, this time as a ghost. Uh, So so Ashley concludes, if you ever decide to do a podcast called These Fucking Supernaturals, uh, then this would be, Being Human, will be a good show to look up. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, Charlie E.N. writes in, about uh, something that we were talking about with Jordan about uh, Sid, and how much you can kind of let someone off the hook for their behavior because they're a teenager. Um, and uh, and uh, Charlie Ian makes the point that well these characters don't really act like teenagers. And he says, could you effectively make a Gossip Girl with the characters as adults instead of teenagers? Mm. Other than Jenny, there hasn't been much adolescent behavior uh, as such. And with Jenny, there still have been job issues, sex, friendship betrayal, uh, and these are things that are that are sort of ageless. You know, uh, it's true she did have. I mean, she was an international drug lord, right, or drug mule, anyway.
1: Yes, Jenny, full of grace <laughs> so and pills <laughs>
2: full of grace, full of grace and pills, and chuck bass's dong
1: spoiler alert <laughs>
2: uh, right before he dies
1: he dies the- he dies he dies twice in that episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: of different two deaths of different the the,
1: the little then
2: the big (laughs) (laughs) little isn't that a thing little big isn't that a i don't know anyway um well yeah i mean that's that's funny i mean it, it would be dallas or dynasty or something wouldn't it yeah i think that what
1: what gossip girl Right, so I mean, we've talked about this a bit, um, especially as we were transitioning into skins and justifying skins as an object of our of our inquiry. Um, is you know what does it mean to be a a show a teenage show a teen soap opera? Um, and I think what is distinctive, why Gossip Girl works um, well with teenagers, and why it would be different a very different kind of show without teenagers as the main as the principal characters, um, is the way in that it sets up a Sort of parallel sh- society or a shadow society, um, and certainly, you know, in part, this is—it's not only a um, teenage society, right? So we we have the feeling that um, Skins is also, in some sense, a shadow society. Um, but it is a primarily youth culture society right it is just the the parents just won 't understand um, a kind of society uh, of how raw and drug filled and sex filled um, our 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 lives our lives are whereas I think what the um, what the being set in a, in a high school at least in the first two seasons and now in this kind of um, Transnational space, this kind of boundary-spanning space of between um, high school and college, um, allows the show to do is to point out that the um, you know that the aristocratic society that, the, that these characters inhabit is a separate society, right? So it it um, it, it really uh, it, it's a marker. It's a way to to mark off um, a distinct social order, um, and you could do that. Uh, in a in just a show about rich people um but the fact that you know that there is a that it's in a school right Constance Billard allows you to imagine um a a alternate society right there's a um there's there's walls there's a there's a set of boundaries and so it makes sense that for there to be a queen within those rules whereas if some adult woman were calling herself the queen of the upper east side it would be it would seem stupid um even though uh once the rule, rules are established within the world of of the high school they then um can can be extended to to the adults and the adults can play by the rules of the game but they need the you need the, to partition it into the teenage society to um for it to make sense for it to be legible as as alternate uh alternative kind of um social reality
2: yeah and th- this is something that you see in a lot of um a lot of dramas that kind of create a microcosm of the of society is uh, you know you need an enclosed enclosed space and you're saying by kind of age by uh, delimiting the space by age that is a trope of of kind of uh um that is a trope of of what sort of enclosure or uh, or del- delimiting the space, like the the country house in Rules of the Game, or the stagecoach, stage mm-hmm. or any mm-hmm. you know any other movie where you're kind of creating a little microcosm of society, a little uh, you know a little world unto itself.
1: Right. It's a it's a boundary condition, right? right. In 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 uh, social science, academic social science, we would call it a, a scope condition or a boundary condition, right? So it's a you you draw the boundaries of which you're you. Know, a theory is meant to apply, to which a theory is meant to apply. Um, and so, in some sense, what uh, what this does uh, is also sets a parameter, it sets the unit of analysis, but also sets scope conditions, um, and then allows you to, you know, by setting those scope conditions, generalize in a medium run way. So it's not to say all of, you know, you're not led to believe that all of society works like this, but then you can move um, by analogy to other, uh social totalities um, and other social structures.
2: This is something that art does and that art criticism that sort of literary theory doesn't do is really terrible about, which is sort of setting scope conditions. I had a a great teacher of poetry named John Hollander who... um, who uh once sort of uh, uh opined that in in art all theorizing is ad hoc to a particular situation and is not huh. sort of meant to be carried beyond that which is what may, which is what makes it work and when you start as a literary critic or something when you start theorizing uh you know um uh, th- th- theory is is a jealous god you know it's like hmm. it, it, it's sort of always jealous of other of other prerogatives you know and and kind of wants to uh escalate its claims always and when- it's
1: imperial right it's imperial <laughs> in a certain sense
2: no 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 i'm i'm very serious about
1: this is that um it it it's right because theory in a, in, a, in a grand sense of you – know, especially as a, you think of it as covering laws or covering interpretations, it's, it seeks for generality and universe, universality, right? Um, and so it really um, – it's the grabbing hand in a certain sense.
2: So we have more email from Cat uh, from Eve both of whom are always good for a good reading response and Sonia wrote back with more about Slashfic but we'll never get to the episodes if we don't uh, No
1: and we're and we're running out of time. I now feel like this is like we're in an episode of 24 um because we're we're back to Gossip Girl in about uh about 3 weeks um I believe yeah. So the Um, syllabus –
2: we didn't – I mean we haven't said, but the syllabus is going to have to change. We're doubling up. We're doing two episodes today, and we'll do two episodes of Skins for each of the next two episodes. Then we'll be back with Gossip Girl, and then we'll be back with both Gossip Girl and Glee. So uh, it's – I mean –
1: It is like a real class in that way. You don't manage your time well. Um, At the the outset, yeah. At the outset, and then you have to double up. (laughs) Right.
2: Um, (laughs) Then suddenly suddenly you're reading two novels a week, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, like – like big 19th century novels, too, not like, you know, I don't know, Hemingway or something. Anyway, off we go.
1: So let's we go. do, so let's do five, it. Chris. So here we are, episode five and six. This is Chris and Tony. Um, and I think that, you know, I think we can, we'll, we'll go linear, but I, I, you know, just to think about how the, um, how the series is is moving. I mean, we're, we're kind of at, we're passing the ha- halfway point. I feel like the, um, the Chris episode is, is the balance point for this season. And now we're tipping, uh, into the, uh, the, 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 rapid conclusion of this season, right? So things are, the final set pieces are being set up. Um, you know, Jal, Jal and Chris are together. Um, Cassie's back in the picture. Um, Tony's coming to his senses. um, uh, uh, Sid and Sid and Michelle are banging. Um, so everything is 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 uh, is getting ready. Uh, you know the 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 toys are wound up and, and we're about to let them go. So Chris is kind of the, an inflection point. Um, and then and it's and it's it's interesting because it's about going out into the world in a sense, right? Yeah. It is, you know, uh, Chris is expelled from the, you know, from the walls of of, of at least uh, of school, but school isn't the real, you know, very little time in skins is inside, uh, inside school, especially this season. Um, but he goes out into the real world, right? He gets expelled from school, expelled from, expelled from his home. Um, and then the Tony episode uh, is ports or like at first presents itself as being uh, a a similar model of they 're all starting to look beyond school they 're all going out they 're all going beyond um the 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 walls of their um you know, their their social circle um, and it 's about you know going off to college or going off to university as as it would be called there uh, but then we learn that it 's actually a trip it 's the opposite it 's a trip inside right and it's um and it 's a process of um of of really I mean, we could talk about more about what it is and the kinds of tropes and sort of dream dream language and you know psycho psychoanalytic concepts in it but it's a, a trip inside um tony's and tony's mind um you know and uh someone's someone's creating an, an inception uh in him to to bone someone's giving him the idea to have they're giving him the idea to have an erection
2: um <laughs> Yeah, well I think that I mean I think that that's right and it's it's funny like um you know leaving school is always sort of being expelled from school right because mm-hmm. in a certain sense wouldn't you like to stay there forever I mean I guess you do stay there forever but yeah uh, you know those of us who have who have uh left the <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait no, I haven't. I went back to grad school this year, so I'm back suckling. You, at you crawled
1: tea. back. You crawled back into the womb. Um, it's funny because you were about to say teat, and I said womb. <laughs> so obviously, you know, uh, the academy is our is our mother.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the um, right. So leaving it is always. I mean, is always sort of being being expelled. Uh, it's always but, it's always traumatic. Right. Speaking of, I mean, speaking of. Uh, you know speaking of psychoanalytic concepts the idea the idea of birth as kind of an expulsion or or a, <laughs> or a you know a sort of rejection right um and uh you, so that right, that Tony is is the doing the sort of more average uh, expulsion by graduation, and you know Chris is sort of expulsion by uh, by expulsion, but um,
1: you know, <laughs> expulsion it, by urinating on a uh, security <laughs> guard, right?
2: That was yeah. I, I I was wondering if that was a British thing. Like, aren't they? Isn't there some statistic like you know the British are the most surveilled people in the world? There are more, and this. I mean, I think this has has to do with. Um, all the terrorism in the 1980s, you know, uh, Irish uh, Republican terrorism, right, that had to do with uh, that why all the, uh, all the video cameras got, got installed everywhere. But now it's so. kind of closed circuit uh, monitoring everywhere in Britain. So, it, you know, it struck me that it struck me as kind of odd that this that this, uh, you know, state run um, uh, sixth form college would have cameras everywhere. But maybe this is a British thing.
1: No, it's a, it's very much a British thing. I mean, there was just a recent thing that made the uh, the the headlines on the on the uh, intertubes uh, that was a a woman in in England was. Uh Caught by her neighbor's um, CCTV, picking up a cat and throwing it in a trash can, um, and it was the the cat owner had the CCTV on the trash cans. Um, and this woman walks by, picks up the cat. It you know, kind of looks at the cat. The cat kind of is looking at her, and she picks it up, opens up the trash can, drops it, and walks away briskly. Um, and th- and that and then the the sort of end game of this. So that was the setup. Um, and this this went viral and then the 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 epilogue to this is that um is that 4chan found this woman um hunted her down and <laughs> and, uh, her and, and, and and harassed <laughs> her and imposed the social order um Vigilante. but that's the, <laughs> It's justice. fascinating. I mean you could probably do a whole uh episode on these these fucking beatards um as <laughs> a as a talk about a a subculture uh, and social structure unto itself it's, well, right. uh, and, I mean, unbelievable. Here's
2: the, you know here 's the thing like they 're not consistent right it 's selective when they choose to enforce uh, when they choose to enforce order right
1: well exactly i mean this is the the problem is that they have the power right it's the it 's the who watches the watchman uh, problem um, or it 's the the problem from um, the Federalist papers um, that you know that <laughs> That you must first enable to uh, and, and enable an enforcer, and then you must oblige that enforcer to uh, control itself right and so um for, so fortune is this is this force that um that 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 punishes with a with a sort of almost divine or um righteous wrath but uh there's and I think there probably are internal mechanisms. But to individuals, but as an entity, as a collective entity as a i think it 's called um what is it called I think in China, this such things are called f- human flesh search engines, I believe yes, yes. <laughs> um, as a human flesh search engine as an entity um, you know as a uh, as a collective being it 's not well restrained right um it's it's um, you know it 's like a uh, it's, it's like a Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker or Cassie in this episode to bring it back,
0: well, right? Well, I
2: mean that's actually – that's something that you wrote in our, in our uh, back channel notes that these um, – that Cassie is kind of the Legerian Joker – I, I, yeah, like, exactly. I like Legerian as an adjective, by the way. I think that's uh that's a good coinage of yours. That you know, that she's kind of a force for disorder uh for its own sake because she's kind of realized with uh you know walking in on Sid and Michelle boning or uh you know whatever they you know, snogging or whatever they were doing, um she she's kind of realized that, that all Giving giving disorder...
1: Captain Willie the keys to the furry kingdom or <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh yeah the the furry kingdom um oh yeah except it's not it's not furry anymore right there was a whole uh, when sasha gray was on entourage a couple weeks ago and she actually had pubic hair there was this whole outrage on twitter that you know how dare she do this and you know what is this the 70s you know talk about uh uh, talk about uh, uh, sexism, you know?
1: Oh, seriously? Um, because, you know, on the cover of, uh, of Cosmo, I believe this month or last month, one of the uh, items on the cover is I, – I mean I know this because I saw it on a newsstand in the subway sure, in New York. Yes. Uh, it's because I read it. Well, the, the headline is Untamed the JJs." Um, and, and it's about it's, – it's actually arguing – it's a trend piece about how big bushes are back.
2: Oh, well, you know, that's good. That's good to know. I mean, the... uh uh, these uh these trends leave me behind. You know, now that I'm now that I'm uh, in a relationship, I I don't know what these uh I don't know backing away.
1: Now that you've surgis- surgically removed your uh, your your pubic hair, uh- <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Now that I've had it lasered, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the women who remove their eyebrows and yeah. uh, and uh, and and paint them on. You have painted no, like, on, yeah,
2: exactly. Like the, the women who tattoo <laughs> eyeliner. I've actually had a uh, I've actually had a small happy trail. T- tattooed onto my junk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's sort of like uh Tony's bedsheets in a certain way. pas un pub. so right, so so Cassie is this uh, unhinged force, right? And um and you know as you said, it's it's sort of a bit of um you want to know how I got these emotional scars. Um <laughs> And so it's it's really um it's it's interesting right so i think this episode is interesting because it's it's a lot of like the it's the best best and the worst of skins like simultaneously sure. so i think there's like lots of um interesting things about about social order um, and about the sources of social order um and that are fascinating and you know overlap with and diverge from um Gossip Girl in interesting ways, Um, but I think then also it has these um, insane bits of on the nose uh, dialogue where they tell you this is what it means, right? It's the moments. Well, the satire.
2: I mean, the whole the satire, right? Like the satire of the Goth Kids. You you called it South Park satire of the Goth Kids. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But and I think, but even even it's also some of the emotional stuff also gets a little on the nose, right? So that like the uh, what is it that uh that cassie says says to chris um she says something to along the lines of um oh oh what is it um, she says you know oh you know don't feel um, you know, don't forget the feeling of a broken heart, because when you do, then you just lay waste to the world. Well, I'm like, a... oh, is that what's happening? Is that was that? Is that an allusion to something that I didn't get, or is? Um... No,
2: it's. Um, she also says uh, the thing about a broken heart is you you forget you eventually forget what it was like to feel anything else before that that you ever felt mm-hmm. any other way. Oh. You know, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. This is this is a little on the nose. Some of the satire is a little on the nose. The father figure stuff with Chris and the boss is a little on the nose. Uh-huh. Um, right. The and it's a it is it's a little schematic like with uh with the the death awaiting Chris and the abortion awaiting Jal. Um you know, what's what's going on. Uh, Tony, though, it, it's a sign that he's back to his old self when he sort of intuits that she's pregnant. You know, he's a good he is a strong reader of his friends, of his social circle. Right. Yeah. And In the Tony episode, when he says to Joe, well, is something off about you? You know, this this is sort of a sign that he's back he's back all well, right he's he's
1: a he's a poker player right um i mean that's you know we talked about what tony was and we had started off that you know is he a politician is he an artist um but there's another way in which he is he's a poker player he's a, he's the gambler um and and in that you know there's a saying that you you know you don't read the cards you read the people right mm-hmm. because um uh poker is a game of imperfect uh information um and so what you do is that you 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 know you read the tells, right, and so and so Tony really picked up the tells in you know in in Zhao's behavior, um, and that knew that was something something was off.
2: Yeah, or her, you know, I don't know, puffy neck or something like that. I don't know.
1: Probably a little bit of both, right? There's both <laughs> physical and um, you know, sort of more more effective. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, both of these episodes seem to have to do with school one with uh, one with being expelled from school and one with with university and um, it, you know it put me in mind of the, of the question like what, what are schools good for school and I, I was kind of theorizing and you know theory is is jealous of, of uh, you know other prerogatives and uh, is, is uh, tempted to escalate so I was thinking about high school in general and it struck me and tell me what you think of this as I, as I was writing, making notes I thought this um, school is Social tech- technology built on a contradiction because it it um, has too many masters. Right? Is school mm. there for? The uh, uh, for the good of the students are, I mean, are they really mm-hmm. the beneficiaries? Is it there to sort of unlock potentials and develop skills, and you know, uh, do things that are primarily goods for the, uh, primarily beneficial to the individual, or is school the um, uh, is school an institution that's there to benefit the society at large, and mm-hmm. uh, only is responsible to individuals. Um, uh, secondary to that, to that primary mission of of benefiting the society at large, like or or,
1: or is it there to serve the parents? Are, are the parents the consumers? Um, and and that what they're you know because uh, I think that's like a third possible master um, of of right you know if you think about the structure of a. Um, of a PTA as a powerful force in, in school governance, right? That's the Parent Teacher Association. Or, um, right, and well, so, right.
2: and that's like I think that gets at uh, you know the difference between independent versus government run schools, right? Because the the government run schools are presumably uh, responsible to the to the uh, the whole kind of civic structure, and independent schools maybe are more are more responsible to the parents.
1: That's right um but i mean i think i went to I went to public schools and there were um there were parent teacher associations as well it's still there is a certain amount of um, you know both the parents as clients um but there's there's interesting research. Um, in in development economics, um, you know, trying to understand the dynamics, like looking at uh, there's a lot of things about incentives for education, both for children's attendance and for um, and for teacher attendance at school in uh, in the study of development, because um, it's a massive problem, right? That um, one of the huge impediments to learning in developing countries is that teachers and kids don't show up to school, <laughs> um, yeah. and 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 one of the um, sets of experiments was was actually uh, uh, some researchers were were looking in Brazil at uh, conditional cash transfers uh, to parents for their kids to go to school. So the idea um, is that if your kid shows up at school um, like every day in a week, you you know your family gets a check for I don't know 150 bucks or something. Um, and what they found um, through a variety of um, experimental manipulations of the structure of this. Um, of this, of this payoff, of this tra- cash transfer, is that in fact the component of this that parents valued um, was actually that the the children were in school. Um, it, that it wasn't that their children were learning; is that it was their kids were off the streets um, and they 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 knew if they and so the the idea is that in a they were indifferent between a version that. Um, that, that kept the uh, the kids in school and a, uh, and a version that uh, was a, they would get a text message um, you know telling them that their kid was in school or that their kid was not, and then they could confront the kid right so they, the views that there 's a hidden information problem between parents and children, and that the money they value the condition they value the conditions the conditionality more than the cash um, and they 'll pay they 'll give up size of cash to keep that transfer. Um. so it shows that like, you know, so so it's a uh, it's um so I think that that's a distinct um it's a distinct social technology from what you're saying, right? So it's it's um it's schools as a babysitter, right? Um and schools as as a, you know, child care facility, um as opposed to schools as educating, you know, preparing citizens in a civic-minded way or, uh, you know, providing workers for the capitalist um, war machine uh, or schools as enriching and educating the individual, right? So there's, like, kind of three models with the the social one having kind of two branches.
2: Sure. And it – I mean it strikes me that um... – uh, it strikes me that it's it 's just fundamentally broken because this this is a contradiction you know you can 't you really couldn 't have a school and not pay lip service to all of these constituencies mm-hmm. you know and uh, i mean unless unless i guess unless it 's you know compulsory school I guess, unless it 's like uh you know um but in a if you if we imagine a free market in which you can choose to go to school or not and choose which among schools mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you'll attend, um, you're not going to get anywhere without uh, without kind of at, at least purporting to serve all three of these aims. Mm-hmm. That it's it's. Uh, that it doesn't work. I mean, that, it, you know, at, at its, uh, at its core, something's wrong with it.
1: Well, especially, I mean, I, I think that that's really, I think you're, you, you hit the nail on the head and it's something I've been actually seeing in the own, uh, in the educational institution in, uh, in which I teach. Um, and I teach, uh, as I maybe mentioned before at, at a professional school. So, um, this is a situation where it is entirely elective and not only that, but the, the students, um, are often paying for it themselves, uh, usually by the way of uh, relatively substantial student loans um, and so they have it's it 's really you know this i when you 're saying you know it 's an elective option and there 's choices I mean they view themselves as consumers of this education um, and they believe that they are entitled to a certain level of value, um, which is really interesting, right? And so we've seen this, um, and this has been going on, I think, in professional professional school education um, across the board, um, that that's at tension with the goal of, you know, you you are educated, you go to school to be educated, right? That you you go to school because you say, I don't know something, I would like to... um, I would like to learn. I would like to be taught. Right versus whether
2: I, like, whether I like the process or not right. is irrelevant to the to the larger aim of learning the thing.
1: Well, because right, the whole goal is that um, you know, if you're at school and you're being taught, then the people teaching um, teaching you know something that you do not, right? Um, and and that. What's interesting about the consumer-driven thing when the students uh, when students are the consumers is that it, it tries to do both. It, it, like they still want to learn, but they also then know what they want to learn, right? They are they're consumers of of education uh, as, a, as a product. I, you know,
2: Stanley Fish, uh, formerly of Duke and then of University of Illinois Chicago, and now of you know semi-retirement in Florida, uh, author of. Books that we've talked about before. Let's not let's not even go into it. Um, is uh, wrote a bunch of op eds on his blog in the New York New York Times website recently about student evaluations, um, and then oh, and then he wrote another piece called "Cheating, Not Such a Big Moral Deal." Uh, you know, oh, he's so contrarian, he's pushing <laughs> the buttons. Um, but uh, you know, the, what? That's outrageous! <laughs> How could he say such a thing? Uh, the. Um, uh the The idea uh he wrote he wrote uh, about student evaluations of um of teachers and how these are these are used i guess uh in um a, decisions for promotion and tenure mm-hmm. uh hiring et cetera of uh uh university faculty and that this in his view is uh, you know totally totally inappropriate because it measures precisely the wrong thing
1: right. Right. But that's, I mean, um, you know, getting back to the discussion on development economics, you know, m- measuring, you know, I think people have, uh, you know, scholars have actually measured, uh, you know, struggled to measure the quality of education as an input, right, um, I think, um, you know, or as an intermediate variable, right, so that you can, you can measure the the presence or absence of instruction, you know, is the teacher there or not, um, and you can measure the you can measure outcomes. You can measure measured. Uh, I mean, certain, certain
2: outcomes like perform, like test like performance. Your, or, right,
1: right, right, right. So salary even,
2: or job placement or you right, know, right stuff like
1: Right, that. right, right. But but right. There are but outcomes related to the quality of teaching and learning are very difficult to measure. Um, and it's actually even uh, very difficult to actually evaluate learning. Um, in, a, in a substantive way, that many tests do not measure learning um, in in the way in, in the kind of deep cognitive sense that it, that a lot of um, teaching theory and a lot of like cognitive science recognizes as learning, which is really like a change in one's in one's mind essentially, um, and and a change in mental models, right? Very, like deep learning um, entails, um, you know without um, drinking the Kool-Aid too, the too much in my profession, a, a change in how you see the world in some way or another. I mean, it may not be the whole way in which you see the world, but some piece of that world, you know, your, the, your priors, your preconceptions of how that works has, has changed. So it's not just knowing more stuff or knowing what to do in a context, but it's about this deeper rewiring of, um, you know, the, the, the mental map of a given terrain,
2: uh, and, and more tools, uh, you know what I mean, with which to sort of address the problems of the of the world. There's no short.
1: There's no shortage of tools in academia. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, just to return uh, the conversation to what I was talking about instead of the bullshit you were talking about,
1: um, my bullshit was grade A, premium
0: <laughs> bullshit, and it was Check like. Plus.
1: It was free flowing. It was check plus plus in its way along right out of, <laughs> right of my, uh, my, my word hole. But go on. Yes, uh, please. In a,
2: in a way, you can't, um, in a way, you kind of can't help but admire the unabashed, uh, you know, commercialization of certain, certain sectors of academia, right? Because um, they're charging more and more. For the uh, for the thing, and they're you know they're making the um, they're making the argument that this is an investment, and so uh, mm-hmm. by by I you know no one the the academy has no one to blame but itself for sort of putting itself uh, on the block, as it were, among the uh, like in the order of consumer goods.
1: No, that's right, and it's it's a big, um, and I think you see it especially in. Um, Professional education, um, and I, I, I'm wondering
2: because I think there's a there's a I think difference more and more. Ryan, more and more. Of these, uh, you know, there was an article in um, oh, I forget where I read it. I think it was the Atlantic or something like that uh, about like middle tier schools who are. Uh, who have done you know huge expansions, uh, essentially trying to game the U.S. News and World Report college mm-hmm. rankings and investing yeah. uh, investing a lot of money uh, in doing this finance. Wash you.
1: Washu you that we were talking about is one Wash, of these. Uh,
2: Washu, uh, George Washington University in Washington D.C. Actually, NYU, NYU,
1: was, absolutely yeah,
2: one of the and NYU has been successful. But you're you know you're George down
1: Washington there down down there in that in that veiny Lafayette Street. <laughs> Gen- <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. It's their, it's their location between the uh, the, the two orbs of the chromaster field that um, <laughs> you know that really give them the juice, as it were, to do that. But uh, you know,
1: a lot. Can't, of these- I can't wait for Gossip Girl to come back. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, I love Skins. I'm gonna let Skins finish, but Gossip Girl is one of the best teen soap, soap operas of
2: all time, man. <laughs> of all. Uh, Of all time Um, So you have these You know $50,000 Sort of middle tier Private colleges uh, That are competing for um, Competing for students That have financed Their Uh uh, finance their expansion on huge tuition increases rather than, you know, uh, with endowment income or, or uh, uh, d- you know, donated money or, or something like that. And, um, you know, and so it's not just in the, in the professional world, uh, in the world yeah. of professional education where you have people paying an exorbitant amount of money, fan- financing it with uh, huge amounts of personal debt um, in order to get this, this uh, in order to get this education. And sort of getting the idea that they ought to have a say in uh uh in the education that they get, and i you know I think that like I say, I think the academy has nowhere to no one to blame but itself. I come down as I'm sure you do also though unabashedly on the side of um oh, I teach at uh I, I was teaching this summer uh, I was teaching summer school actually at UCLA uh, you may have heard of it it's in Los Angeles and the um, I, I heard from uh, a, a couple of my students who were English majors which was my undergrad major and you know the field I the academic field I'm sort of most interested in English uh, literature of the late medieval and early modern periods primarily that um, that all my beloved late medieval and early uh, modern uh, authors were no longer being required no no more required Required Chaucer. No more required, you know, uh, Langland, History of English Language. No more required, uh, uh, Paradise Lost. Right, and that they were these, they were being replaced by these kind of cultural studies influenced. Um, uh, more contemporary authors and things like this. And I flew into a fit of apoplectic rage, which is not the sort of thing you, you really want to do as a teacher all that much because it, the students are a captive audience and it, it really is abusive of them to, to force them to endure. You know. were, you,
1: were you beating your students in the way that we beat our listeners?
2: Um, I, was beating, I was beating my students with my opinions. Um, you know, and that like, here, here's my, here's my view that nothing can dissuade me from. Look, you know, <laughs> English letters is a body of knowledge, right? Um, you can study something else, but then you're not studying English letters. And like the body of knowledge is the body of knowledge, however you feel about it. You know, whether you like it or not or whether you like the process of acquiring the knowledge or not, whether it's pleasurable for you or not, the body of knowledge is still there and you can either master it. Uh, or not, but let's not pretend. Let's not do a little. Let's not do a little dance. Let's not. Uh, let's not find ourselves in one of these cadres that we find ourselves in so often in the arts, and I suspect in academia also, where we are bonded together by our agreement, our shared agreement, not to call one another on uh, our own bullshit. Right? Let's call it bullshit if it's bullshit. And this. Uh, no, no Milton in your English literature degree. No Chaucer in your English literature degree no uh fucking langland uh you know what i mean no um no uh b- required shakespeare you know whole year of shakespeare right no dickens uh, this you know i'm sorry they're you know i'm sorry they're all white men you know i can't i can't help that but uh like these are these are the works these are the uh, the seminal works of the, uh, you know of the pre 20th century i
1: mean i i wonder um so it, it sounds like you're raring up to, to go to, to to hop out of trade school and get and get back in the trenches,
2: um, uh, Harold Bloom and I. Yeah, Harold Bloom and I, and we, and we get we get hate mail from cultural studies people to all all together.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I think you've you've uh, you've uh, down near issued a, a fatwa um, uh, to 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 cultural studies. The um... well, cultural studies colonization of English literature.
2: Uh, well right, absolutely and and actually, I should say uh, studying studying a certain studying a certain uh, period, right, like the fact that the that the writers are white men uh, in that period has to do with the, with the social order at the time and who had access to the means to um, do a lot of writing and and get it disseminated, you know you know what I mean more recently. Um. Right, so
1: it's like I mean, you could I I guess you could study like you know Maasai oral oral tradition of the like fifteenth and sixteenth centuries, um, but it's 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 hard oral oral tradition. I mean, so I've seen some stuff in oral history that actually you know that traces um the evolution of i mean it's it's hard though so it's it's even the content of stories and of literature you know it's it, you're ultimately bound by the oldest living people or the oldest living people yeah, I mean it's 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 a bit difficult. Um, you know, there's there's history. There's attempts to do history on pre-literate societies by studying linguistics, essentially, and the linguistic patterns. Um, a scholar named John Vecina does work in sort of Central Africa on this. But I mean, it's it's yeah, the 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 work of if you're studying written literature. Um, i mean what's yeah, it? You're,
2: if you 're studying written literature you 're going to be limited to the set of people who had access to a pen you know and that's, and that uh, and that is uh, there are all kinds of sort of uh, social and economic uh, uh, unfairnesses uh, that are that are intrinsic to that uh, well, and, and more, so more we, recent, you know more recently that that has become less the case around the the Anglophone world, thank goodness but uh um, so,
1: but but it's interesting though because most English, right? So I didn't take. I, I take. I actually one of my deep regrets about my college education is I didn't take more English um, classes, um, and but from what I was at least remember of the structure of of uh, english the English class that I took um I believe it was one twenty nine english one twenty nine um, we started with the Greeks both semesters um the you know the uh, fall the first semester is is drama as is mostly tragedies um and and the spring semester is, is epics I actually didn't even do the spring semester but you start you start with the Greeks right i mean uh, are there any like western lit western canon traditions that start earlier than the greeks um and are there any any that that leave off the greeks and start somewhere later
2: that's a a, i think we should leave that this uh, this problem is left as an exercise to the listeners
1: <laughs> you have an answer to that, though. Correct?
2: <laughs> That's, um, let's. Uh, well, let, I mean, I, I may. I may not. You won't find out till next week. 129-
1: <laughs> the top. The top is spinning. Is it a dream? Is it not?
2: <laughs> is it? I have. I have this. This flame tattoo all over my. Uh, all over my back. Um One. So can we talk one- about that? One twenty nine was the Western was the that was the the kind of Western lit survey. It's true. If you had taken one twenty five, it would have been all it would have been all English. All it English. would have been Chaucer, Spencer, etc.
1: So I, I, we're we we we're, we're running out of time. Um, we may.
2: Oh, I also I want to say the I I met the guy the the um, sort of middle tier college professor who Tony. Uh, who is kind of smug and condescending, right? Mm -hmm. Who, who Tony encounters in, uh, in episode six. I, um, I met that guy at Sarah Lawrence when I was a 17 year old (laughs) visiting, visiting colleges who, um, who I think who went on a diatribe, uh, in the middle of class, again, like having this sort of apoplectic fit of rage with the captive captive audience. Um, And I, you know, I wasn't a student, so I could afford to to stand back a little bit because I wasn't relying on this guy for a grade. Um, uh, About, uh, what was it? Princess Diana. Or right, yeah, Princess Di. It was this diatribe against Princess Di. And when I think of of all the wasted time, like of, of all the things that are are unworthy ways to waste a class that was actually supposed to be about Henry the Fourth. But uh, <laughs> but never mind. Um, the you know it's um, the, this is why they hate us. The uh, us Volvo driving, latte swilling, you know, blue state living. Uh, you know, university library patronizing. Uh, this is why they hate us, Ryan. Sorry, what were you going to ask?
1: Um, I don't... Was there, was there oh, t- no, t- no, I know. T- I, know. T- I know. The one thing I want to talk about, I mean, in case we don't come back to the Tony episode, for me, uh, the, the most interesting part of the Tony episode... Um, it was the extremely long and graphic sex scene, um, and and let's close on that because it is the. Uh, what's interesting to me is that with him I mean, and the girl. Me,
2: yeah, with him and the yeah. girl and the imaginary um, girl, yeah, it's the, it's um, you know, yeah, it's funny. I mean, there's a lot of they show a lot of skin in that. If
1: yeah, you know. it, it is. It, it's like they are really putting the fucking in these fucking teenagers. <laughs> I mean, is, I
2: wonder it's, if it's. Uh, I wonder if it's just you know. Um, E4, right, you know, sluicing the sluicing the shit into our houses. uh, No, no, because I I wonder if this is just trying to be very edgy. But
1: I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. Right, so, so I think this will be this will be testable as we go forward, um, in the, with the remaining episodes. It's like if that's the case, then we should see that like someone was just like opening the floodgates of the of the of the sewer. You know, they're turning the valve and, and ramping it up um, for whatever reason for the big finish. I mean, I don't think the UK has sweeps or anything like that. But because um, this is this was a notable increase um, in the graphicness of a sex scene in terms of the length in terms of the amount of, like... The girth? Well, it was... uh, Yes, yes. No, but I mean, (laughs) I think... So we've seen, like... No, so we've seen tits, right? So we've seen tits, like, throughout um, skins. But they've rarely been in play, right? Like, uh, we've seen tits, like, you know, when someone is, like, you know, exposed or getting... putting clothes on or about to have sex. But this is, like... This is, like, a real like you know there's lots of like seduction activity but like this is like the whole the whole thing right the whole act is um is uh i mean there's probably some there's some jump cuts but it's it's more or less it's not elided we see beginning and end and a lot of middle um and and, and, and it's really it's unusual um, for things to, to and, and uh, beyond um, it's it's unusual it's the first instance we've seen this much sex for this long um, in in skins um, and it's unusual in um, uh, in 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 films as well that are not um, you know uh, porn that are not NC17 it was a very usually a lot of sex scenes are um, you know done in with a, a water you know you you intersperse some wide angles you cut you cut you pan away um but this was like really really in there and i'm just wondering what that you know like holding aside the interpretation that it's just a crass kind of they they're doing it because they can you know why might this be important why is this like a uh, cuz i i think it was like it was both it was both titillating but i think possibly had something interesting going on as well
2: is it? Do you think there's anything uh, to be mined from the idea that it's he, he's essentially doing it with himself, right? Because this this is mm-hmm. an imaginary girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a she's a projection of his, you know, animus of his kind of rage at the world, uh, or his rage at himself, and is the you know what I mean is the is the kind of personification of his um, agency, you know, his his sort of resources, his own interior resources uh, through which he kind of gets himself up again. Uh, har har har.
1: So, what does it mean? What does it mean to, to fuck yourself um, in that sense, right? If, if, if she does, is, does represent his, his animus,
2: um, I mean, and, and I so what? I mean, I think that uh, this is a little glib, but I think it's about the kind of reintegration of the aggressive parts of his personality that have been kind of, uh, it, mm-hmm. have not had the, the chance to assert themselves, um, the reintegration of those parts back into his personality. So in some sense, you know, though, see, he comes right home and sort of takes uh, takes control of the social situation, saying, like, right. look, Sid and Michelle, this isn't right. You love Cassie. You love me. Well, by the way, this I mean, you know, sort of we talked about people being meant meant for each other and the idea yeah. of there being a one. Tony definitely advances this idea of there being a kind of stable equilibrium in a social group. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, th- yeah. There yeah. are
2: other I mean, there are other equilibria possible, but they're only yeah. maintained at the cost of kind of great energy and that if you. Sort of let go; everything will roll back to its uh, to its sort of natural, to its "quote unquote" mm-hmm. natural uh, yeah. state. Yeah, yeah, and, and that this is this is a kind of order. It is, it is, there's a big interplay. God, we're both trying to like squeeze in so much before <laughs> before we we close, and we're like ten. Just like
1: just like Tony. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, the, there's a big interplay between order and disorder, with you know Cassie being a force of of uh, destabilization in the in the in the social order, and also I mean sort of Chris. You think in a way when he's fired, um, uh, and stuff, and, and then uh, sort of Tony sticking up here for for order. What is what is right and good?
1: I just want to. I mean, maybe we'll close on order, but I want to just go back to something that you just said um, about the reintegrating the kind of dominant and passive parts of of his personality, and I think that's actually right on because there's something memorable in the choreography of this of this sex scene, um, <laughs> in that uh, and, and rem- reminiscent of uh, Jordan's analysis of the uh, the crazy what did he call it the crazy
2: awesome sex montage the
1: crazy awesome sex mo- montage in the Madonna episode of Glee. Um, Is that when the sex scene starts, um, the imaginary girl is on top. Um, and then he, in in midway, um, turns the tables, right. And, and reasserts, he becomes the top, right. And so he is his own top and bottom. Um, and, and so uh,
2: in the middle, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember, but in the middle, they're kind of, uh, they're sideways at one point, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which is is hard to pull off be, you know, just for reasons of physics of leverage, but, uh, you know, but uh, Tony, Tony manages.
1: Right, so it's 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 interesting. I mean, I don't know enough about kind of. I mean, yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's it's. I don't know. On one hand, it's like interesting. On the other hand, these kinds of like literal, and it's not literal, it's very literal, but this kind of representation of the the subconscious or the unconscious of the mind. I don't know. It's it's a lot of it was. Not as well done as Inception.
2: Um, well, it's one of those things that's, that, i mean mean—that's been a little has been a little on the nose. I think you were right in saying it was the best of Skins. It was the worst of Skins, and, yeah, and maybe we should leave it there.
1: Yeah, I think I think so. But I think I cuz I mean, we could go more into the on the, into the topic of uh of social order, but I, I I somehow think that this will not be our last opportunity to speak about um the 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 sources of of uh social order in uh in the world of skins. Um In the
2: world of skins? In the world of Gossip Girl, in the world of Glee. And,
1: and in the um, world of are, are, is this it? There, are we, yeah, is <laughs> it. it. Uh, uh, and in the world of uh, uh Ah
0: uh,
2: these, these fucking, fucking teenagers,
0: teenagers.